So about a month ago, I Googled karate styles that were invented by women. Okay. And only one came up. Can you believe only one came up? Really? This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, and welcome to another show. I'm Sensei Michelle. Hi, I'm Jackie. And I'm Landon. And we're still with Sensei Tracy. Say hi. Hey, guys. And today, I'm really, really excited to introduce Sensei Sherry. Hi, everyone. She is a mother of four, a grandmother of two, a black belt in the Western Dojo, and she teaches karate classes out there a few times a week. Us. They also run a class at the YMCA. That location is shut down right now due to COVID, but by the time you guys hear this, everything's going to be up and running. We wish. We <laughs> So about a month ago, I Googled karate styles that were invented by women. Okay. And only one came up. Can you believe only one came up? Really? No. And the style is called Wing Chun. A sensei. And I think you found, and I think that we should share it right away with our audience, that Wing Chun is a style of Kung Fu. And it was invented in China and softer and more circular than most Japanese karate styles. Good one, Landon. Thanks. Anyway, the research was a riot. So let's just jump right into it, shall we? And, by the way, there's plenty of conflicting history. So there you go. It wouldn't be a Wildcat Dojo Conversations episode without a controversy. Well, maybe the latter episode didn't have a controversy. You're going to have to go back and listen to that one. (laughs) Or the bloopers. I don't know. You're hilarious, Landon. How about if I start out talking about Ingwi, the woman who invented Wing Chun? That's the plan. Stan. <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. That's why I didn't say it. <laughs> well, the site of Jason Lau Wing Chun from Smyrna, Georgia, says that she was born on February 4th in 1776 into a noble family and received a fine education. Us. And part of that education was in martial arts. It says she was considered a master in Wudang and a style of Yuafiai Yaiquan founded by a general named Yuafiai from northern Shaolin. Well, I read that she was known for her way of training on plum blossom poles. Hmm. Can you imagine? It looks difficult and amazing. What do you guys think? Did you guys see it? Did you guys look it up? Yes, I did. I was like, whoa, there's a huge part of me that wants to try that 25 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine the determination and the strength involved? Oh, Oh my gosh. Maybe just maybe if we have the correct copyright rights. We can put it on the Twitter page. I hope. I'm That'd going be so to, cool. I'm going to make a note right now for you guys. And while he makes a note, I'm going to tell you we're on the web, all over the web at Wildcat Dojo. So look us up. Yes, we are. So you should good. totally follow the Twitter page because Landon's in charge of it and he makes it fancy. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Sensei. All right. Are we going to get back on track? Us. That's a good idea, Sensei. And I think that all the sites agreed that she was a Shaolin nun. And while you guys are online, I recommend that you Google her name. It's spelled N-G-M-U-I. And there are some awesome pictures of her out there. You know what else? The pictures are awesome, but what? This is kind of where we start talking about the conflicting history. So here we go. The online pictures look like they're taken from the 1800s. But some sources have her living in the 1600s. 
that that's quite the gap, Sunset. <laughs> 200 years? Uh, yeah, that's, it's not like that's just like three months, three days. That's <laughs> 200 years. Wow. If you're a regular listener, then you know we're not daunted at all when the history tells us more than one story. This one is like that because they say that she was part of a group of monks that are known as the five elders. Right. And some sources say that the five elders lived through a temple burning in either the 1600s or the early 1700s. But as you just heard, many reliable sites have her birth listed as 1776. Well, there you go. So if you're out there and you know the definitive answer, what are we asking them? Please tell us. Tell us. us. We already told you we're all over the web at Wildcat Dojo, but you can also write us at Dojo Conversations at AOL. One more time, Sensei Sherry, we're back on track. Can you pick it up for me? Yes, I can. Gladly. (laughs) All the sites agreed that she started Wing Chun Kung Fu, although there is folklore that she also started a total of five styles. That's true, which I think is so cool. We're going to get back to that in a few minutes, so keep us going. Us. I'll keep it going by saying that she thought most of the techniques created by monks weren't effective for smaller women. So she set out to create something that would work for a smaller frame. That's right. Her curriculum is built to be quick and debilitating. Hmm. So I'm continuing on the book reading. If you haven't heard, Sherry, we're reading a book and we're going to do a podcast on it. Since Jim Harmon's in charge of our book reviews. He's our book correspondent. (laughs) The book we're reading is called The Marshall Way. And in it, he talks about the intelligence of fighting different sized people Mm -hmm. and not to take any one size of person for granted because you're large. Don't take a small person for granted because you're small. Don't only fight small people and stay in your comfort zone, fight all kinds. And I think she brings that up hundreds of years before it was more well-known. Right. True. And look at uh, the Peter Urban book where he talks about fighting different size fighters. That's true. That's That's right. Are you talking about the page where he gives the characteristics of the fighters? Yes. I don't think we've done that page yet. And I love that page. I think we did. No, we did the page. Oh, we did the character. We did the other one. We did the, the other one. ABC thing. Yeah. Are we getting back on track? Mm-hmm. I think so. Who's taking me there? I am. History says that she and her style immediately became famous in Southern China. And now it's known all over the world. We'd love to hear from a Wing Chun practitioner, wouldn't we, guys? Oh, uh, Sensei. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay, Landon, where are we going? Uh, sensei, we're switching sources to an educational site called Washington.edu. And like you mentioned a minute ago, she is said to have been one of the five elders to survive the burning of the Shaolin Temple by the Qing Dynasty. That's right. And the Qing Dynasty went from 644 to 1911. Whoa, that's a really long time, right, Sensei Sherry? Yes. <laughs> wow. That's that's a long dynasty. Mm-hmm. Well, either way, Sensei Tracy, keep us going. Alrighty, I'll pick it up here, Sensei. As we've read time and time again in many histories, this dynasty didn't allow people to practice martial arts in temples because they thought the monks might rebel. Right. So, of course, the monks continued to practice in secret. And, again, with history repeating itself, many monks were killed because they were caught practicing, or, in some instances, they openly rebelled. And finally, this all led to the burning of the temples, to send a strong message, or to face death. 
When we read about this stuff, do you guys get visual images? Yes, I do. Yes, absolutely. I have a a image of of what they're talking about here. It's weird because when it comes into my head, part of it gives me that kind of romantic, noble feeling like you see in a movie. And part of it gives me that terrible, terrible smell and fear and like overwhelming sadness that happens at any time when there's so much conflict. It's so interesting because I think about it totally differently. So that's interesting. How? Not the first part. I agree with the second part that you said. But the first part with the romance and that stuff, I I didn't even think about that in my picture. Oh, that's interesting. How about you? I think of it as um, a sadness. It's not necessarily a complete visual picture, but a sadness that goes over everyone because like now they just can't get along. (laughs) <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> anybody want to weigh in on that before i push uh, i think about sometimes like the courage and the conviction that people had to have in their beliefs to practice their martial art at, at the threat of death i mean that took a lot of i guess we're back to what we talked about last time courage yeah yeah, yeah for sure, sure did. i totally agree courage and strength and determination tenacity Yes, yeah, exactly. that's the word, Sensei Sherry. But can I get us back to the history? You got it. Well, the first burning that we read about was in 1647. A temple was destroyed and any monks who stayed were killed. Some fled to other temples to continue resistance. Battles ensued, other temples were destroyed, and some ancient scriptures were also destroyed. Hmm. Practicing Shaolin Kung Fu became punishable by death. Wow. And through all that, practicing still went on in secret. The whole thing is so overwhelming to think, think of, so. isn't it? Yes. Absolutely. But the fun begins because this is where we get to start hearing about the conflicting history. Again, I'm having deja vu all over again. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I'll, I'll start us out. A temple was destroyed in 1732. And in this particular version, five monks escaped and spread Shaolin Kung through throughout China. These monks were Gi Sin, Ing Mui, Bak Mei, Feng Dudak, and Mui Hin. So I see that since she was allegedly born in 1776, it's definitely a conflict. But no matter what year it was, everyone agrees she did invent this style and it's popular. That's right. Yes. So keep us going on the style, or should I say style? Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop there, Sensei. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. <laughs> oh, gosh. I know. He's a riot, isn't he? Oh, Landon, Landon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. When Chung translates to everlasting springtime and was founded in the 1700s, us. And I'll add that I love this legend that says that she got the idea when she watched a fight between a stork and a large rodent. She was impressed with the way the stork used its wings and legs to deflect and counterattack. I loved that visual. Yes. And it was probably quite a sight. I'm going to add that she created it while staying at the Forbidden City, teaching and becoming a rebel. Her style includes rapid movements and slower movements from Kijang. So here's a little tangent. When I was in college, we had a guest teacher that came in and taught. And she called it Qigong. I'm not telling you how to say it. So if you're out there and you know how to say it, please fix my Chinese. I almost said Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's funny, though. But the class was so awesome, and she gave out a little folder, and I still have it. That's so cool. Right? Someday we'll get it out, and we'll all look at it for fun. Us. And here's another legend. Some people say that she started more than one style. There you go. There's that spoiler from earlier. (laughs) Here's the list of styles she may or may not have started. There's Wing Chun, Ing Mui style, Dragon style, White Crane style, and Five Pattern style. And one more thing. She's named in many folk tales, and some of them even contradict each other. So there you go. Okay. Let's just stop a second and say that is a lot of invention. All those different things. No matter which histories come out to be the exact true ones, um, she was a powerful human being of her time. And creative and probably quite brilliant. That's what I was thinking. Super smart. Us. Okay, Sensei Tracy, keep me going. Well, Sensei, dragon style historians say that she created that style in 1565 and that she was a survivor of the temple destruction in 1570. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Back into it, Landon. Us. And I'll add that the white crane style says that Ngoi was a male monk of the mid 1800s. That, that's, I, I don't know what to say, Sensei. Yikes. Okay, well, that's true. They do say that. And that the five pattern style says that style was created by Ingui and an unshaven male monk named Mu Han at the Siu Ram Monastery in southern China. And it's based on the movement of animals. Wow. Okay, those are all good, but I think I got the best one. It says she created her style when she befriended a 15-year-old girl named Yim Wing Chung at a time when a local warlord was trying to force the young girl into marriage. We taught her how to defend herself, and the young lady fought back against the warlord and freed herself to go on to live the life of her choice. The legend continues to say that eventually, Ingui named the Wing Chun style after her friend. Wow. I like that one just as much as I like the one where she watched the um, bird fight the rodent. Yes. Both of the tales are very cool. My favorite is that she created a style 200 years before she was born. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. That's my favorite legend. That's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, I think I got to go with you, Sensei Jackie. I I have to hop on Sensei Jackie's boat, too. You guys are so funny. Okay, I don't think that's the true legend. I don't think she invented it 200 years before she was born. But no matter which legends are really true, I am loving this lady. Let's move on with a round robin of characteristics that she emphasized. All right, I'll start this round robin, Sensei. The shortest distance between two points... Is a straight line. I like that one. Yes, for sure. And I'll move us on with, it is essential to strike along the center line. And I'll add that she believed in doing two to three techniques nonstop. Really? I love that. So Hmm. a lot of these things are things that we definitely incorporate into our style, which is go-to federation. Awesome. Do you guys agree? Yes. Every time someone reads one, I go, oh, we do that. We do that. (laughs) We try. (laughs) We try. Right. We try. Okay. And I'm going to finish with this one. This one came up in quotation marks. So here it is. Quote, receive what arrives, follow what retreats, and strike when open. Hmm. I'm going to give everybody a little spoiler and say, 
So I'm reading ahead about Aikido because that one's coming up pretty soon, the style. And he says, when they retreat, let them go. Mm. Yes. So it's kind of a different philosophy, right? That's why we have lots of martial arts styles. Hers is definitely more aggressive. Yeah. (laughs) So so we're liking that then. A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody can argue that her contributions helped shape Chinese history and the contributions of women in martial arts. So we got a little bit more stuff from a site called London Wing Chun dot co dot uk it's based in northern london and again we're round robining all right i'll start again sensei they say that the system is practical it has no flowery movement and it is based on body mechanics that's right they stress skill over strength and integrate a footing system that is pure and is well suited for a smaller stature over a larger one the the site says They take a scientific and logical approach that always allows for refinement during training. And this site, like the earlier one, says they teach a combination of soft movement followed by quick attacks. It says they use deflection and the aggressor's strength against him. Okay, so I'm torn between saying how much I love this and how I relate and I'm sure we all relate because Master Cleijan taught a lot of the same things. Absolutely. Yes. yes, he did. This was quicker and easier than I could have ever we're, dreamed. We're at the end? We're ready for oh the fun goodness. part. No. So we're going to finish up with some pop trivia and some Wing Chun quotes. Who's starting me out? Oh, you are, Sensei. I'm starting us out. <laughs> that was funny, though. I love it. Who's starting us out? I got a pop trivia one. So there's a movie called Wing Chun. Really? From 1994, and it's starring Michelle Yao. And speaking of movies, Bruce Lee studied Wing Chun in the 1950s with a person named Yip Man, who is also known as Ip Man. Most martial artists have heard of him. Us. And he is really amazing. So amazing, in fact, that he's had a number of movies made about him. And I am trying to put together an entire episode on him. Oh, Here's a great segue to one of Ip Man's quotes. Do not fight with the strength. Absorb it and it flows. Use it. Mm. So Sifu Lui Ming Fa said, calmness gives you an advantage when facing an opponent. With it, you have much better instincts. And Shisu Yan, a 30th generation tiger of Shaolin Temple said, train tirelessly to defeat the greatest enemy, yourself and to discover the greatest master, yourself. Mm, That is so interesting. All of this has been so much fun for me. I think so. Me too. I don't know which part was my favorite. Do you guys have a favorite part? I liked it all. (laughs) I really liked the fun facts and the quotes. I like that. I like Ingui. I want to know her. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Maybe she's still alive. Who knows with the controversy? <laughs> Who knows? Well, now he, he was too funny for me to add. Um, I think I'm going to go with my favorite part with the bird fighting the rodent. I love that <laughs> visual. That cool. Yep, that's pretty fun. And that bird fighting rodent, not a, not a clean segue in sight to get to Honor Athletics, is there? Honor Athletics, <laughs> of course. Um, but we still appreciate Cynthia's us. support. Oh, for we sure. sure do. And if you want to visit them at honorathletics.com, you'll find some martial arts needs there. 
In addition to the website, you can also call at 770-945-5150. And don't forget that when you check out, you should mention Wildcat Dojo for your 10% discount. It's totally time for me to thank you all. I'm going to start with you, Sensei Sherry. I hope you had a good time. Oh, it was fantastic. I loved it. And learning with the history, um, Ming Wei, I was inspired to be like her. Just, uh, she was incredible. Yeah, she was inspiring. And of course, Sensei Trace, you know, I just appreciate you so much. You are becoming a real regular. Pretty soon, Landon's going to give you a nickname. <laughs> I have one in mind. Oh, I've never no, had a nickname, so I look forward to it. <laughs> now, on that note, I'm going to read this very short listener mail. A couple of listeners wrote in and had some really nice comments about our adventure podcast. In fact, I've gotten another one since I made this email up. There yeah, you go. So three so far. Sensei Tim, Sensei Ed, and Sensei Melissa all wrote in to tell me how much they enjoyed the adventure podcast. Everyone agrees that it makes life more fun to have everyday adventures. For sure. And a few of you shouted out to Landon for his comment about if we were supposed to stay... If we were meant to stay in one place, we'd have roots instead of feet. So... Thank you. Please, guys, write me more often. We love listener mail, don't we? We love it. And you can get in touch with us in all the ways. And if you have a few minutes, please subscribe to our podcast. That really is a big help to us. Us. Okay. It's time to say goodbye. So start me out, Sensei Jackie. Bye, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it today. This was really fun. Bye, everyone. Oh, I rhymed it. (laughs) Congratulations. We're ruining him. And I'm Sensei Michelle, and I'm signing off for today. Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.